Right, good morning, everybody. All right, we're going to continue on in our study. We, uh, last time we looked at First Samuel, mainly looking at Jonathan as a picture of Jesus, uh, how he was the son of a king. He made a covenant with David, um, the same way that you know Jesus shed his blood to make the new covenant. He stripped himself of all the things he, he you know, like his sword, his bow, his girdle, and it's a picture of how Christ gave up everything. He laid everything aside. He came to earth and he died for us. Um, these are just to name a few that we, we talked about last time. Today we're going to look at 2 Samuel, and we're especially going to look at King David. Um, 2 Samuel begins with the death of King Saul, and the rest of the, rest of the book is, is about, you know, it's about David's life. And there's so many pictures of Jesus in, in the life and the character of David. David pictures Jesus so many, in so many ways, and we'll see that today. Um, first of all, you'll go with me, get your place in 2 Samuel, and then go to Matthew chapter 1. We'll be flipping back and forth. Matthew chapter 1. And look at verse 21. It says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Okay? Now, go back to 2 Samuel chapter 3. Look at verse 18. It says, now, uh, now then do it, for the Lord hath spoken of David's, saying, By the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel out of the hand of the Philistines and out of the hand of their enemies. So David was also a savior, you know, a physical savior uh, of Israel. So, you know, Jesus is a spiritual savior because he died for the sins of Israel and for the whole world. Uh, but one day he will also, you know, of course, be the physical savior of Israel as well. Okay, that's the first one that they were both called saviors. Um, the second one, in Second uh, Samuel chapter 5, while you're still there, um, skip down to verse 4. It says that David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. Okay, And lo and behold, if you go to, uh, Luke, go to Luke, keep your place here in Second Samuel. Luke chapter 3. In verse 23, it says, And Jesus himself began to, to be about 30 years of age, uh, being as, as supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. Okay. So uh, they both began to, their, their reign or their, their ministry at uh, 30, years, 30 years of age, and they were both anointed to reign. You know, that's the other thing. They were both anointed to reign years before they actually reigned. You know, David was anointed as a young boy, uh, but he didn't rule until much later. Um, Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit, but his reign as king has actually not begun here on earth. Okay, obviously by the state of the world, we can see that. Um, so they, they also both reigned or um, will reign from Jerusalem. That's another, that's another similarity. Um, look at 2 Samuel chapter 5. Uh, yeah, 2 Samuel chapter 5, look at verse 5. It said, in Hebron, he, re he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 30 and 3 years um, over all Israel and Judah. Okay, So David was the first king to rule from Jerusalem. And if you skip down to verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, the same as the city of David. Okay, um, And, of course, Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3 says that the word of the Lord will go out from Jerusalem. Okay, That's when he's ruling here 
uh, during his kingdom. Another similarity while we're here um, look, is look how long they reign. Second um, Samuel chapter 5 there in verse 4, it said David was 30 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 40 years. So he begins at 30 and he, he reigns 40 years. So he, he died around 70 years of age, right? Well, Jesus began his ministry at 30 as well, as we just read. What happens about 40 years later? Well, you had 70, around 70 A.D., the temple is destroyed and, and the sacrifices stop. Okay? So that's a pretty interesting coincidence there, too. Um, another really cool picture is in, in 2 Samuel 15. Go there with me, 2 Samuel chapter 15. And this is um, after, after David is, is betrayed by his son Absalom. And uh, he has to flee. It says in 2 Samuel 15, uh, let's see, verse 22. And David said to Ittai, go and pass over. And Ittai, the Gittite, passed over and all, all his men and all the little, little ones that were with him. And all the country wept with a loud voice. Uh, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the book Kidron. And all the people passed over toward the way of the, of the wilderness. Okay, so, so he's betrayed and he passes over the brook Kidron. Why is that, you know, so what? Why is that a big deal? Well, fast forward to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. John chapter 18, look at verse 1. It says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kidron. This is spelled differently because it's in the Greek. It's translated into the Greek. But it's the same word. Where he was, uh, where was a garden in, into which he entered and his disciples. So Jesus was betrayed and he also crossed over the brook Kidron, okay, and, and into this valley. You know, there's no way that could be a coincidence, okay? Um, again, you know, so many parallels between the life of David and, 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 and Jesus, the son of David. But we mainly, I wanted to look today at um, chapter 9 of Second uh, Samuel chapter 9 at Mephibosheth um, because it's just a beautiful picture of something that David did uh, during his reign that's a perfect picture of the grace that we have in Jesus Christ. Okay, so go to Second Samuel chapter 9. Look at verse 1. One. It says, And David said, Is there yet any that is left of, of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was, there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. Uh, or Ziba. And, and when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there yet any of the house of Saul, that I may show the kindness of God unto him? Okay. Again, when you read the Bible through eyes of grace, you know, as you, which you should, some pictures ought to start jumping out at you, okay? And things that remind you of what Christ did for you and me. You know, number one, he came from the house of Saul, okay? Um, Saul was uh, David's enemy. So historically, when a king took over, and you see this all throughout European history, and, you know, we study European history, they would, the king would kill everybody who laid claim to the throne. Just, just get rid of them, get them out of the way so that they couldn't come, you know, he didn't have to worry about them coming back and killing him and, you know, taking the throne over. Um, that's what they, a king would historically do. Uh, David, on the other hand, he reaches out to one of his enemies here, 
Um, he's kind to one of his enemies. Um, he tries to make friends with his enemy for Jonathan's sake. Okay? Well, look at Ephesians chapter 2. Go to Ephesians chapter 2 in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 11. Speaking of, you know, reaching out to your enemies, it says, Wherefore remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus you, are sometime, you who were sometimes far, far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And that's what we see. We see the same thing here with Mephibosheth. It's the same relationship we have with Christ. You know, uh, Notice in, in, in back in 2 Samuel chapter 9, um, verse 3, that Mephibosheth it said that he was lame on his feet. Okay? Physically speaking, you know, he, couldn't, he couldn't do anything on his own. You know, somebody had to help him to do, to do anything. Uh, now look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, look at verse 6. It says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Okay? So, again, without strength. Mephibosheth without, was without strength. He was lame on his feet. He couldn't do anything on his own. It's, a, it's the same picture of us, okay, spiritually where we're at when it, comes, when it comes to our sin. This is the difference between, you know, God's love and everybody else's love picture here is that you have Mephibosheth without strength. He's an enemy, yet he's brought in, brought into the king's house. He's made nigh, like we read in Ephesians chapter 2 by, the, by David. That's salvation. That's, what, that's a picture of salvation. We're lame on our feet when it comes to being saved, and feet are usually are used throughout Scripture as a picture of the gospel. Okay, um, Ephesians chapter 6, you know, where it talks about the armor of God. Um, it says to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Okay, in other words, have it ready. Have, have the gospel ready to give out to people. Um, you know, give feet to it, right? In, in Romans chapter 10, verse 15, Paul quotes Isaiah 52, and he says, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring, bring tidings of good things. Um, it's the gospel that saves you, and before you get the gospel, you're, we're lame on our feet, okay? Um, just like Mephibosheth. That's, that's a picture of us. And in the place that David found Mephibosheth in verse 4, it was called Lodabar, okay? And it means without pasture, um, without a shepherd, okay? That was us before we, before we came to Christ, before we believed on Christ. Um, also, um, it's interesting that the, the way Mephibosheth became lame, um, turn back to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 4, if you paid it back. Second Samuel chapter 4, look at verse 4. It says, And Jonathan saw his son, had a son that was lame of his feet. And he was five years old when, when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan um, out of Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass, as she made haste to flee, that he fell. Okay, he fell and became lame, and his name was Mephibosheth. So again, he fell. It, he was ruined by a fall. 
You see the picture? Um, just as we all are. You know, we, we inherited the sin nature of Adam. Um, and this is the story of our life here, just like you know we've been talking about throughout this whole study. We fell, we're laying on our feet, and we need somebody to pick us up and save us, to carry us home. Um, that's the picture here with, with David and Mephibosheth. His, his feet are broken, just like ours. And um, again, any, any gospel that has you doing anything to pick yourself up, to reform yourself, you know, that, that, so the, that, that, that's false. So the one true gospel is pictured here with, with David and Mephibosheth. You know, what, is, what, does, what did Mephibosheth do here? Nothing. He didn't do anything, okay? And you'll see that as, you, as we read along. So go, to, look at, uh, go back to 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. Look at verse 5. Skip down to verse 5. It says, then, then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Okay, so this is a picture of salvation. Not, not just any salvation, but eternal salvation. Okay, there is no other salvation offered by Jesus Christ than, other than eternal salvation. Okay, verse 7 says that thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Okay. The, this idea that you can lose your salvation is not Bible doctrine. It, it's a man-made doctrine that you come up with by twisting Scripture, okay, out of context. Um, you don't get it in the New Testament in the doctrine, and you don't get it in the Old Testament, okay, in type. It's always free. You know, that, that passage in Isaiah 55 where it talks about, you know, coming by, by wine and milk without price. Even in the Old Testament, it's, it's free, and it, it's always continual, okay? And he even repeats it a second time in verse 13. He says, So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet, okay? So salvation is, is like salvation is like a never-ending buffet, right? Think of these buffets. You go to Ryan or something like that. It's like going to a buffet. It's never-ending, and you don't pay for it. That's, that's the picture here. Um, and, and you're not the one... You're not there as one of the hired hands either. You know, you're, you're not working for your salvation or trying to prove it like they try to tell us today. You're one of his own. Look at, look at verse 11, the, the last part of verse 11. It says, And uh, as for Mephibosheth, said the king, um, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Okay? He, so he's been adopted, literally, as one of the king's sons. He's treated as a son. He's not treated as, a, as some hired, hired hand. Okay? And believe it or not, you know, Moses is a great example of this. Um, the story told, is told in Exodus chapter 2. Don't turn there. But Stephen mentions it in his, when he's addressing the council. He, he mentions it. Go to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, look at verse 20. And he says here, In which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, uh, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him 
Look at the last part. It says, for her own son. Okay? Notice she didn't just, she didn't take him as a servant. Okay? It doesn't even mention the word adoption here, even though that's what this really is. She took him for her own son. Okay? And he was royalty. He was royalty from there on out. Okay? So Mephibosheth is a picture of our adoption as sons. Okay? Um, sitting at the king's table, eating continually. Right? Uh, why? Because it, was it because he was a good person? You know, because he, he got all the sin out of his life? Did he, did he fix his feet? Did he fix his lame feet himself? No. It was all by David's grace. It was a free gift. Um, David didn't ask him to do anything. It was a kindness, okay? Look at um, 2 Samuel. Go back to 2 Samuel chapter 9. Look at verse 3. It says, And the king said, Is there not any of the house of Saul that I may show, this is the, the term here, the kindness of God unto him? Okay, remember that phrase, the kindness of God. Now turn over to Titus, the book of Titus in the New Testament. <clears throat> Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. Look at verse 4. Speaking of the kindness of God. But after, the, after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, Toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So the, the kindness and the love of God through Jesus is being pictured here with David and Mephibosheth. He's the same phrase okay, that, 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 that Titus uses here. Um, not only that, um, go back to 2 Samuel chapter 9, look at verse 7. And it says, uh, uh, And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. Okay. Um, now Jonathan, again, Jonathan's father was Saul. He was the enemy of David, and he was, he was trying to kill David for much of that time. Um, and it was because of Saul that David had so much trouble, right? Well, what does that picture? Well, what's, what's the bigger picture here? Well, it pictures Adam, Right? Um, Saul dies after all that trouble that he caused, okay? And then Abner, who was Saul's captain, the captain of his army, he tries to put one of Saul's sons on the throne, if you remember that story. And then there's a civil war that, 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 that ensues after that, you know, about who's going to be the king. But it all goes back to Adam, okay? Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore is by one man centered into the world, and death by sin, and, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So Adam sinned, and it caused this separation between God and between man, and then it just snowballed from there, right? Just like it did with Saul. Same thing. Same picture there. So David said, look, I'm going to restore all the land of Saul. That's what he says there uh, in the next part of verse 7. And we'll restore the, the, all, all the land of Saul, thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. He said, I'm going to restore all the land of Saul, thy father. And that's what Christ did. That's what he's doing. You know, he's restoring what was lost. Um, you can look around and see that we are not, you know, we are not what we're supposed to be. Okay. We're not. The world's not. You know, the world's not what it's supposed to be. And it's getting, seems to be getting worse by the day. Um, go, go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Speaking of restoration. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 22, Romans 8, 22. 
It says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which had the first fruits of the Spirit, we, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the, for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So creation groans and we groan, our bodies, because they're not restored yet to glory. Okay? And remember, David said, I'm going to restore the land of your father. Okay? Uh, now, look at, uh, go to, flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 22, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22. It says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Uh, then skip down to verse 45. Um, and, and so it is written, The first man, Adam, was a living soul, the last Adam was, a, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, uh, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is, is the Lord from heaven. Uh, as is the earthy, such as such are they also that are earthy, and as is the heavenly, such as are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So we, we, we look like Adam. Okay, we act like Adam like Adam because we're sinners. We sin because we naturally have the same sin nature, right? Uh, when we believe, we have a new creature within us that is sinless, just like Jesus Christ. You know, and I heard a song on the radio the other day, and it's why you had to you know, some of this new music. And it said that, that, that God made my old man new. Okay, no, he didn't. You know, that's not, that's not correct. He created a new man in you um, that's distinct from the old man. He didn't make your, your old man new. You, if he did, you'd be sinless, right? And we're not. So your flesh is yet to be restored. That's why you still sin. And it, it will be one day, but not yet. Well, Adam was given the earth, the land, right? The land. And it was his, but now... You know, he, he blew it, okay? And it's a big mess to this day, just like Saul. You know, Saul had the land. It was his, but he, he lost it, okay? But the land is going to be restored to us one day, okay? We will, we will inherit the, the earth, the land, okay? That's, that's the picture here. Um, and, and if you go to, to uh, turn over to Revelation chapter 21 real quick. Revelation 21, look at verse 7. It says, He that overcometh, overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my son. Okay? And to overcome is not to overcome your sin. You know, that's the garbage they teach today as, as a gospel. It's not. Um, 1 John 5, 5 makes it clear that the, the person that overcomes is who he has believed on Jesus Christ. It's that simple. Okay? Um, but that's exactly what David did for Mephibosheth. He made him a son and he gave him the land that Saul lost. Okay, he basically lifted the curse, so to speak. Okay, that, that's that's the picture here. Um, that's what's going to happen one day when the Lord returns after the millennial reign, and there's a new heaven and a new earth. The, the curse is lifted, and, and the land is restored. Okay, that's why when you get to the book of to the end of the book of Revelation, uh, Revelation 21 and 22, it reads just like the beginning of Genesis. Okay, it mentions the tree of life, and and there's no more curse. Okay. And that's what's pictured here in 2 Samuel. Saul pictures Adam. Mephibosheth is a son of Adam, okay, just like us. We're lame. We don't deserve salvation. We, we can't inherit the land ourselves. Okay? So the last Adam, pictured by David, okay, 
picks him up, he, he, he picks us up and he restores us. Okay? That's, that's, that's what it's all about. Go, go back to 2 Samuel chapter 9 again. Look at verse 8. It says, and he bowed himself. And this is speaking of Jonathan. He bowed himself. I'm sorry, not Jonathan. Uh, Mephibosheth. He bowed himself and said, what is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Okay, what is, what is Mephibosheth doing here? He realizes his inability to save himself. He says, I'm a dead dog. Okay, that's not a nice thing to say about yourself, but that's true. That's what we are. Uh, and again, this points to, uh, to Revelation chapter 22. That's a good real quick. Or I, you don't have to. I can, I'll go and read it. Revelation chapter 22, verse 14. Um, Blessed are they uh, that do his commandments and they that, that may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Okay, look at this. It says, for without are dogs, okay, and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever, whosoever loveth and maketh a lie, okay? So dogs are those who don't believe on Christ, okay? Um, who who di- didn't humble themselves like Mephibosheth did here and realized they were dogs and just put their faith in Christ. That's, what, that's who Jesus is talking about there in Revelation. So that he could pick them up and restore them, okay? Um, and give, give them his righteousness. Um, those are the ones who Jesus said are without, okay? Outside of, outside of, outside of, the, outside of the, the new earth, heaven and earth, um, who didn't make it in. Um, not because they weren't good enough. Nobody's good enough. Not because they, did, they you know, didn't turn from all their sins. Nobody has. Um, Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, There's not a just man on the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Okay? A just man is a justified man. There's not a man on this earth even a believer who's stopped sinning, okay? It's, not, it's never happened. Uh, it's just the opposite. Dogs here are people that don't realize they're dogs, okay? And they didn't humble themselves and just come to Christ for help, okay? Mephibosheth did that. He, he, he realized his situation, you know? Um, the attitude that Mephibosheth had in verse 8 is exactly what gets you into heaven when you just add faith to that, okay? Pride is what keeps you out. Okay, you remember the, the story in, in Luke 18 with the Pharisee and the publican? And, and the, the Pharisee said, I thank God that I'm not like other men are. You know, it, he said extortioners and unjust and, and adulterers. And you may not be, although you may not be everything that a lot of people are, but in God's sight, you're still a dog. You're still a dog without Christ, okay? You're still a sinner. What did the publican say? What was, what was his attitude? He said, you know, God be merciful to me, a sinner. He didn't even look up. He just... He said, just have mercy on me, okay? Um, that's the same attitude that Mephibosheth had. He said, I'm a dead dog, you know? He said, I don't deserve anything. You know, just, just realize what you are in God's sight. You're a dog, okay? And people say, you know, people say, well, you're, you're telling me that this person over here, this person has all this sin in their life, and you're telling me that, that, that just because he believes, he's going to heaven. Well, you know what that is? That's pride. That's pride. Because you're, what you're saying is that you're better than that person, Okay, but that's not the standard. That's not the standard. And you may be in, in man's sight. In man's sight, you may be, you may look good, but not in God's sight. Okay, you're still a dog. Maybe a smaller dog, but you're still a dog. Okay, um, and religious people can't see that. Um, they can't accept it. But it's all about grace. That's the picture here. You take it free or you don't get it at all. Okay, you trust in his death, burial, and resurrection, not in your life. You don't give your life to Jesus. Okay. And, and give up this sin or give up that sin. If you, if, you, if you preach that, you're preaching another gospel. There's only one person that, that can't be saved, 
and that's a, it's a prideful person. So I like this, this, this um, quote that I heard the other day. It said, Jesus did the infinitely difficult in order to make salvation infinitely easy. Okay, I'll say that again. Jesus did the infinitely difficult in order to make the salvation infinitely easy. Okay, And people want to call that cheap grace. Well, cheap grace is too expensive for me. Okay, I need it for free. I need it absolutely free. I can't afford cheap grace. I need it free. What, what did Mephibosheth have to offer? Um, and this is a constant recurring picture in the Old Testament. We just saw it in the book of Ruth. You know, what did, what did Ruth and Naomi have to offer? They had nothing. They were, they were broke. They, were, they, they had nothing. What did Mephibosheth have to offer? What does a dead dog have to offer? Okay. You know, then they'll say, well, faith, with, is, faith without works is dead. Trying to say that you need works for salvation. Did Mephibosheth have any works? I mean, no, he's a dead, he's just said he's a dead dog. He has nothing. Uh, he had nothing to offer David before or after he brought him into his house, okay? And look, even the land that he gave Mephibosheth, go back to, go back to 2 Samuel chapter 9, um, verse 10. It says, Thou therefore and thy sons, he's speaking to Mephibosheth here, and, and thy servants, thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits. Okay? Um, so even after Mephibosheth was brought into the house, you know, it's like my dad. My daddy used to say, he didn't have to hit a lick at a snake. He, they, he, he had all the work done for him. Okay? That's how free salvation is on our part. Okay? It wasn't free for Christ. It, 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 it came by his precious blood. Okay? And no, I'm not saying that you shouldn't serve the Lord after you're saved. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it has nothing to do with your salvation. That's the picture here. All we have to do is show up, sit down, and eat our food, our free food, and partake of all the benefits okay, of, of salvation. Again, a beautiful picture of Jesus and his grace towards, towards us in 2 Samuel. It's all about him. We see this in, we've seen this in every book that we've been through so far. It's all about him and his finished work. We're the dead dog. He's the Savior. He did it all. Okay, we'll finish there today. Question or comment? Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'll close this. Lord, we thank you so much for your, uh, for your word. Lord, as we come and study these pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament, Lord, we're just so thankful that uh, every book that we've been through, Lord, that it, we see that, it, uh, as, as he said, that in the volume of the book it is written of me. It's all about him. Um, it's, it's all about him coming to, to, to bring salvation to us, Lord. We're so thankful that salvation is so simple. Uh, you've made it so simple and so easy to see in Scripture, Lord. And uh, we, we, I pray for anybody that's listening to this today that, that they'll realize they're a sinner, just like Mephibosheth realized. He said, he said I'm a dead dog. And that there's nothing we have to offer you, Lord. There's nothing that we can bring to you, promise to do, promise not to do any, any, anymore to, to earn our salvation, Lord. All we can do is put our faith in you, Lord, that you, that you came, you, you uh, lived a sinless life, your, your son Jesus. Uh, he died and shed, shed his precious blood, was buried and rose on the third day, Lord. And you'll simply put your faith in his finished work, you'll be saved just as you are. We're, th we're thankful for that simple salvation, Lord. Uh, and I pray for the rest of the service today. Pray for Pastor Barry and all the teachers. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.